Welcome aboard. Welcome back in to TCM Pod. We appreciate you joining us. Chris Mathis, Spencer Mathis, once again, as we uh, just got underway with week 10 of the NFL season, which hard to believe that it is already hitting week 10. And we had a Thursday night game yesterday between the lowly Chicago Bears at Soldier Field taking on the lowly Carolina Panthers. The spread heading into that game was a three-point spread, I believe, in favor of the Bears, and the Bears won 16-13. to So a very exciting game on Thursday night football, if you will, to kick off this great weekend of sports, um, week 10 of the NFL season, which hard to believe, Spence. we got a lot of uh, news and notes to get into, but I, I still want to kind of reflect back on last week's loss for the Buccaneers is it was pitiful. I mean, they had a lead. They blew the lead, uh, made it a game. They eventually took back the game and then gave up the game-winning drive to a rookie quarterback in C.J. Stroud. Not only that, but a rookie head coach in D'Amico Ryans, a rookie play caller as well there with the Houston Texans. I just can't get over that loss. It made it four consecutive losses now for the Buccaneers. And this is one of those losses and one of those games that this offseason I thought, hey, circle the Texans as an automatic win for the Buccaneers. And that was not the case. They couldn't hold their own. Defense was lazadaisical as they have been for the last four weeks, really. Yeah, it's it's usually one is on, one is off. And normally it's the defense that's a little bit better than the offense. I mean, some of these games, the defense has been giving up just 20 points and then the offense puts up seven. This game, the offense finally has their best game of the season by far, 37 points for them. They go down and score what should have been a game-winning touchdown with about 37 seconds left. And then uh, the defense goes out there and in 37 seconds, they let a rookie quarterback drive down the field with his top target being Noah Brown. I mean, these guys... The Texans have some fast receivers, but a lot of these guys are no-names. Of course, Noah Brown's been around the league for a while. played for the Cowboys at one point. He's got a good tight end in Schultz. But other than that, I mean, to let a rookie quarterback do that to you, regardless of what rookie quarterback it is, he broke a ton of records against the Buccaneers. And that, like you said, was a penciled win before the season started. And they literally just lost to the Carolina Panthers, who we saw last night lose to the Chicago Bears. So for Tampa to give up 39 points to a struggling Houston Texans rookie quarterback, or not – the rookie quarterback struggling, but the t- the team is struggling. Quarterback's very good, and uh, I think right now a lot of people are saying that Carolina's kicking themselves for drafting uh, Bryce Young over C.J. Stroud. Whenever reports before the season were that the uh, the the Panthers' coach wanted C.J. Stroud, and I'm sure he's upset too. But again, they're both stuck with what they have, and the Buccaneers, regardless of how good C.J. Stroud may be, should not have given up 39 points, five touchdowns, and 470 pass yards to any rookie quarterback ever. Yeah, and this is one of those games that coming in, and I obviously, if you guys are just new to joining us, uh, I'm Chris Mathis, Spencer Mathis here. Grew up Bucks fans. I now work at iHeartRadio Tampa Bay, so we talk a lot of Buccaneers football and really grew up a diehard fan and still fans of the Bucks, obviously. But I'm kind of, I'm more realistic about it now that I have to work and I get to work in an environment like this and get to cover the team. So I don't necessarily have my emotions as attached as I once did. But watching that game just made me flashback to, Growing up as a kid, you know, witnessing all these blowout losses or letting these rookie quarterbacks or quarterbacks thrown into the fire, per se, dice up and dissect that Buccaneer defense. As you tweeted last weekend, Spence, it looked like the days of Mike Smith as the defensive coordinator for the Buccaneers, except it was and it was Todd Bowles. And you know what? Todd Bowles, he's hung his head so high on his defense throughout his entire career, obviously has been known as a defensive-minded guy. And the last four weeks, going on five weeks now, their defense has been the worst in the NFL when it comes to coverage, yards allowed, points allowed. It's been brutal, and there really is no excuse for that. And the, the problem I have the most with is Carlton Davis talked all that smack coming into the season. Oh, we're going to wreck 
you know what, and we're going to, you know, blow some people away and we're going to shock the world. And, you know, Tom Brady was a small piece of our success. We don't need Tom. You guys don't know anything. And here he is getting toasted, absolutely toasted, obliterated by a rookie quarterback. And yes, he's good. And CJ Stroud, however, no excuse for the way he played on Sunday, got toasted left and right and, and was really unparalleled to what we expected from Carlton Davis. But really, if you're going to talk all that smack, you got to back it up and at least hold your ground. He was the closest guy in the area on three touchdown passes for the Texans in that loss on Sunday. Yeah, it was a terrible defensive performance. And like you said, no excuse for Todd Bowles. He'll be out of the door next year. And obviously, as a fan, you never want your team to lose. But at the same time, you're kind of hoping sometimes if your team's going for a win, maybe you're you're what you're like a Patriots fan right now, praying for for losses. Same thing with the Chicago Bears. Even though they won last night, they still strengthen their chances at the first overall pick because they have Carolinas because Carolina traded so much to get Bryce Young. And then again, I mean, it would be nice to see the Buccaneers sneak into the playoffs somehow and still fire Todd Bowles. That's probably best case scenario. But what's going to happen? Most likely the Buccaneers aren't going to be sniffing the playoffs this year. Um, and it's not even Baker Mayfield's fault. It's just the team is just so discombobulated and they don't play together one bit. And for it to be miscommunication issues for a cornerback that's been on t- in Todd Bowles' system his entire career, I just think that that says a lot about Todd Bowles and his uh, coaching abilities. Yeah, and there was a video that surfaced uh, earlier this week of Todd Bowles talking about practice throughout this season and practice going well, and then all of a sudden come game day, the last four weeks – practice did not pay off and there's a lot of question marks there so Bucks will take on the Titans here in Tampa Bay at Raymond James Stadium on Sunday as they look to snap a four-game losing skid they've not had a five-game losing skid since 2017 I believe so uh, they need to win on Sunday and uh, it would be uh, a very disappointing and scary atmosphere for the Buccaneers and for Todd Bowles and his job security now the Buccaneers fortunately for Todd Bowles do not fire their head coach Midseason, they've never done that. Talking about the Glazer family, you know, I don't, I don't know if this is a situation in which they would do that. But you know, if the players start to uh, completely just deafen out what Todd Bowles has to say, they might do so. But Spence, I know that coming into this, you wanted to talk about uh, one of the most. It shouldn't be, but it is one of the most controversial plays in all of football. I'm talking about what one might call the tush push or brotherly shove, and it's a play that has really been implemented this this season and Jalen Hurts and the Philadelphia Eagles really got that under the way and uh, it's been taking off even last week Bucks offensive coordinator Dave Canales talked about it and said that even he would like to implement that with the Buccaneers offense I don't think that Baker Mayfield is that guy to do it you do need a stout quarterback a guy who can you know squad and and do the work that Jalen Hurts can do he's practically a running back at quarterback that has a cannon of an arm as well but talk about what your thoughts here on the uh, the the tush push and if you're in favor of it, if you want to ban it, and why you wanted to bring that up here today. Yeah, the tush push is just a, a play that whenever you're watching the Philadelphia Eagles, you really don't believe that they're not, that they're going to be stopped on a fourth down. They're they're one of the first teams that I think I've ever seen that's in four down territory on every single drive, regardless of who they have in special teams, who they have at punter or whatnot. They're running this with a success rate of 92% this year. At one point in the beginning of October, October 6th, after week four came to a close, the Eagles had already run the tush push 37 times and had converted it for a first down or a touchdown 34 times. So a 92% success rate for that. And now you're seeing that come into college football as well. And of course, it's going to be in high school football eventually. It probably already was in high school football because it's been a play that was 
probably ran a ton in the 1920s before the forward pass. And now you have it in the league where I just think it's going to continue to evolve from, from where it's coming because it just got entered into college football this year. And you're already seeing teams in college. I, th- I believe last week there was a big touchdown on a fake tush push in college football. So this is a play that's going to evolve and teams eventually are going to have to figure out a way to stop it. And I think that's the way that it's going to have to be. The only way I could see the tush push ever being banned is if someone or some really big player, maybe even the quarterback were to be injured, or if that becomes an issue where the quarterback continues to get hit in the head and targeting becomes an issue because of the tush push. But right now in college, in the NFL, there hasn't really been any injuries with the tush push. It's the success rate is insane. I don't think there's ever going to be a play that has a 92% success rate from two yards out. That's, that's incredible. I mean, the Philadelphia Eagles are starting off every single drive, basically first out and eight, because those last two yards are a given for Philadelphia. So if they can get two, three yard runs on first and second down, you set up a, a quick third down run for two yards, automatic first down for Philadelphia. I believe the only team to stop them this year was the Buccaneers. And I think it was a miscue by Philadelphia in that week two matchup between the Bucks and Eagles where uh, Devin White and Vita Vea got there quickly. And I think the only guy in the NFL that could really stop that in that picture right there is the play is number 50 right there. Vita Vea stopped that himself by going low under Jason Kelsey just because of his size. But uh, I don't think it's going to be banned, and I think it's just going to continue to evolve. And that's really what we're seeing right now. You saw the Philadelphia Eagles run a tush-push fake end around uh, last week or two weeks ago now for a touchdown to close out their victory against the Commanders. So it's going to be it's going to be interesting to see. And another thing is is that not every team can run it because if every, if every team could run it, you would be seeing this every single fourth down. We still see regular quarterback sneaks. You saw fourth and two for Tampa Bay last week. They dropped back to throw, and uh, they had to have Baker Mayfield scramble for it. But – I just think it comes down to personnel, and the Eagles have the perfect personnel. They've got a great blocking tight end. They've got a big, strong offensive line, and they bring in one extra offensive lineman at tight end, and it really works out for them. And I don't think it's going to be banned anytime soon, and we're going to have to just watch the Philadelphia Eagles perfect this play. And right now, it's got to be the highest percentage uh, first down conversion or touchdown conversion rate in NFL history of any singular play uh, from two yards or shorter. Yeah, I, I think maybe before that it was Tom Brady and his infamous sneak. Now it's the tush-push, the brotherly shove. And, you know, you mentioned that you don't expect it to be banned, but a lot of people are saying, hey, it should be banned. Players are getting injured. However, I think there's a craft to it. Football is a dangerous sport in itself, and they're playing football. They're getting paid millions of dollars. They know exactly what they sign up for when they sign the dotted line. And you know what? If Jalen Hurts decided, hey, this just isn't for me. I don't want to do this anymore. I don't want to risk my legs. He has that pull and that say-so to where he could tell his head coach, hey, coach, you know, I don't feel like running this as many times as we have, or, hey, I only want to do this in dire situations, game on the line, or something of that nature. But he hasn't said that. I'm all for the tush push. And you know what? If you can't stop it, why would I stop running that play too? NFL, anybody can get hurt in practice. There are more injuries, I feel like, more season-ending injuries and non-contact injuries during training camp and practice than there are in-game. And that sounds crazy, and that's uh, that's just speculation. But off the top of my head, it seems that way. Why stop that? You have to be able to appreciate the craft and the expertise of this play. And you know what? If a defense does continuously stop it, Mad, mad props to that defense and to that defensive coordinator and the head coach for finding a way to stop it. And if, for example, the Buccaneers did find a way to stop it that one time in week two of the season, you know, if they can only stop it consistently, I'd be impressed. One time, cool. But in order to find a way and the recipe to stop it over and over again, that would be where I'm impressed with. I'm all for uh, keeping the tush push. Don't ban it, NFL. It's fun to watch. It's frustrating. But you know what? If I were an Eagle fan or if I were reporting for the Eagles, I would love to see that success rate continue to climb. 
I'm all for it. You guys can opine down below in the comments. You can tweet at the Chris Mathis at L Savage Spence. Comment down below, like, and subscribe. But as always, we do our pigskin pick them here. It's a lightning round today as we round out the show with uh, four and five Indianapolis Colts taking on the two and seven New England Patriots and Frankfurt, Germany, Sunday morning, 9.30 kickoff. Colts, two and a half point favorite over under 42 and a half points. Yeah, nobody's waking up for this game. The Colts are going to win this one by over three points. I think that Bill Belichick and the Patriots are checked out. And uh, we may not see Bill Belichick in the NFL come next season. He hasn't had any success without Tom Brady. And I don't think he wants to stick around for Mac Jones. And I'm not sure any team would want to hire him with the new wave of head coaches coming into the league. So give me the Colts over three points in this game. I think the spread at 42 and a half is a little high for this game. I don't foresee the Patriots scoring over 17 points. The Colts defense has been pretty good this year. And they have a couple of really good cornerbacks. And a surprising four and five team would be very interesting to see them go five and five through the first 10 games of the year. I'm going to take the Colts as well. I think it's more like a 21 to 17 victory there for the Colts. Again, I'm taking the under of the over under the Packers take on the Steelers in Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh, a three and a half point favorite over under set at 38 and a half here on Sunday. Packers Steelers. I'm going to have to go with, with the Pittsburgh Steelers in this game by far. I just don't think Jordan Love has really shown that much. His receiving core is almost as bad as Patrick Mahomes has been in terms of drops this season. And uh, it's it's tough for a young quarterback to do anything whenever your team can't catch the football and whenever he makes some boneheaded plays. And I, I see TJ Watt coming at him and a couple other defenders. Cameron Hayward's back for the Steelers. I don't think he's going to have much time to throw. I think we're going to see a lot of interceptions in that game from Love. Probably two or three. Give me the Steelers in that one as well. I'm going to take the Steelers with the spread. Now the New Orleans Saints, they'll take on the Minnesota Vikings. And Minnesota, we saw Josh Dobbs do his thing this week. An incredible performance by him. His first game, somehow thrown into the fire, wins the game. The visiting Saints, three-point favorites over under 40 and a half. Yeah, I mean, if if the Vikings can beat the Falcons, I think the, the Vikings could also beat the New Orleans Saints, especially at home. And uh, I'm going to I'm going to take the Vikings in this game, riding that Josh Dobbs train. He's got a he's got a week extra to practice. And I think he's a pretty serviceable quarterback. And again, it's just going to come down to that Vikings defense, which has been a little bit lackluster over the last couple of years, because whenever it was their previous head coach, that was basically all they had. Now it's a good offense and a bad defense. But I'm going to take Minnesota in this game and just I want to keep seeing them win so we can see Justin Jefferson back in the NFL this season. Saints, I am going to roll with the Saints on the road. Give me. The spread as well, three points. Baltimore Ravens, they've been feasting as of late. They'll host the Cleveland Browns. The Ravens, six-and-a-half-point favorites. The over-under, 38-and-a-half in this one. Yeah, that's going to be within six-and-a-half points. I don't care who the quarterback is for the Browns. Obviously, the Ravens-Browns is always a great matchup. I'm going to say whoever wins this game is within three points of the other. And I'm going to go with a surprise pick here. I think the Ravens have been riding a super high wave. I don't think they're as good um, coming down the stretch, especially against an AFC North team like themselves and the Cleveland Browns. So. I'm going to take Cleveland in this game by three points. It's a, it's a, it's a tough wow. pick, but again, I, I think I like the Ravens coming off that, that wave they've been riding recently, just blowing out teams like the Lions and Seahawks. Wow, that's incredible. All right, I am going to go with the Ravens in this game. I don't know about six and a half. I'll do a backdoor cover there for the Browns. San Francisco at Jacksonville. The Jags look to win their sixth straight game. The Niners, they look to avoid their fourth consecutive loss. 49ers, three-point favorites on the road. The over under 44 and a half. Yeah, I don't see this. I don't see the 49ers losing four in a row. Uh, Purdy's got to get it back, but I mean that defense has not been great recently. I'm going to take the 49ers in this game to get back and not go to four in a row for themselves. As much I, as I agree with you, I don't want to, you know, pick the same here. I think this could be a toss-up. I'm going to go with Jacksonville to win this game, winning their sixth straight 
of the season. All right, moving on now. Let's go down the line. Oh, one of our fans, a big-time listener of the podcast, your guy, shout him out for sure. The inspired Las Vegas Raiders host the Jets. Raiders, one-point favorites at home, over under 36-and-a-half. Yeah, give me lose Raiders over the New York Jets in this game. They're riding high. They've got a new interim head coach. He's got them smoking cigars after beating the Giants with a four-string quarterback. I'm going to take the Raiders in this one. I think the culture has changed in a weird way, and uh, this is a this is a good test for them, at least offensively, with that rookie quarterback, um, Aiden O'Connell. You know what, Max Crosby against that Jets offensive line and Zach Wilson, the guy who hangs on to the football. Yeah, it's not going to be pretty at all for Zach Wilson and the Jets. And they might make a quarterback change to Trevor Simeon mid-game. That's my prediction. I'm going to go with the Raiders in this game at home. They're going to win by more than a point for sure. Obviously, they'd have to. I'm, gonna, I'm Well, they don't have to. I'm going to go by three or four uh, in that one. Monday Night Football, Broncos at Bills. Bills seven-point favorites and primetime over under 46 and a half. Uh, Bills by a lot. They've got to get back on track in terms of winning games. They haven't been great this season. Josh Allen, get back game for him. Going to probably smack the, the Denver Broncos on Monday night. I'm going to go with the Bills as well. They have to win. And we talk about Josh Allen. He's been banged up throughout the season. He's been also a turnover machine, truly. I think he's going to play inspired football here on primetime in front of the world to see. Now, final game, Tennessee Titans take on the Buccaneers here in Tampa Bay. Will the Bucs snap that four-game losing skid? They are one-point favorites at home, the over under 39 and a half. Yeah, I don't think the Bucs are going to lose five games in a row, regardless of how bad of a team they may be. And again, the NFC South is so bad this season, they've got a chance to crawl back in. This is a game that they must win. If you don't, the season's over. Let's see what way the Buccaneers team's going to go. But right now, I think the Bucs win this game on Sunday at home. Baker Mayfield with a good game against that terrible Titans secondary. They've got to really get They've got to be able to do something against that team. And if they don't, dead to rights for the, next, for the rest of the season. And I'm going to pick against them for the rest of the year. Oh, all right. Well, here it is. It's going to be warm on Sunday afternoon right here in Tampa, Florida. You know what? The Bucks are known to stop the run, but if Derrick Henry is going full steam ahead late in the ball game, I don't know. I don't like their chances. Uh, man, and you know, the Bucks defense has been soft. You got a safety, Ryan Neal, who is t- typically and traditionally a good tackler, but he takes terrible angles. So it's like he's good form tackler, but he takes bad angles. There's, there's no give there. I don't know, man. I'm going to go with the Titans. You know, I don't know if the players are all in with Todd Bowles anymore. We heard Devin White speak out earlier this week. Give me the Titans in a close one, 20-17 at Ray J. Final thoughts, Bench. We wrap up the podcast. You got to go back to work. You got a great new gig there at Young Harris College. Proud of you, bro. And uh, thanks for making it happen. I know it's a little bit later in the week, but we made it happen. So I'm proud of you. Thank you very much, bro. If you have any final thoughts, throw it out there. I'm proud of you too, brother. Uh, Keep rising at 620, but again, I think that's going to do it for the podcast. I mean, I hope that you lads and ladettes enjoy the rest of your day. 